Hello there, I'm your host, McNeil Mulliken, and you are listening to the McNeil and Friends Podcast. Here I invite different people to talk about all topics relating to cinema. Visit the McNeil and Friends Podcast website at www.mcneilandfriendspodcast.com to learn more about the podcast and where you can find episodes. You can support the McNeil and Friends Podcast by following or subscribing on the platform you listen to podcasts and by leaving a rating or a review. You can also support the McNeil and Friends Podcast by telling your friends, and if you don't have any, you can tell your family. Thank you for listening. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode in the Movie Screen Quarantine series. If you're new here, what I'm doing is I'm inviting friends through Zoom to talk about any topic regarding movies. Today, I'm here with my friend Tucker, and we're going to rank the Harry Potter movies. How's it going, dude? I'm doing really well. Thank you so much for having me uh, yet again. Yeah. I love having you on the show, so I'm glad to have you back. Um, and I've been wanting to do this episode for a really long time, so <laughs> yeah, I know I'm excited to finally be doing it. I know. I keep postponing it, and I apologize. <laughs> yeah, I think we were originally planning on doing this back in May or something like that. Yeah, it was it was several months ago. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely a while back. Uh, but before we get started, be sure to follow or subscribe to the McNeil and Friends podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, and leave a rating and a review if you want to help support the podcast. You can follow the McNeil and Friends podcast on Instagram at mcneil.and.friends.podcast. Message me on Instagram to let me know how you would rank the Harry Potter movies. You can also follow me on Letterboxd at McNeil Mulliken. Letterboxd is where I post the movies I watch and write reviews. Also, you can find the McNeil and Friends podcast on Twitter. Lastly, you can find the McNeil and Friends podcast on Patreon and support this podcast by becoming a patron if you so desire. All of this information can be found on the McNeil and Friends Podcast website at www.mcneilandfriendspodcast.com, and you can find the link that will take you to all of these locations in the description of this episode. So like I said, for today's episode, Tucker and I are going to rank the Harry Potter movies, uh, but we're not going to include the Fantastic Beasts movies. We're just going to stick with the main series. I thought this would be fun to do during the holiday season because people enjoy watching this series around Christmas time. I've never done it. Have you? I think we probably watch them around Christmas time almost... Well, not every year, but we at least, you know, we always start the first like three of the marathon and then don't get any further for some reason. <laughs> yeah. So I've seen the first three like a thousand times and then the last ones only like once or twice. I got you. I actually, I didn't become a fan of the series until this year. I had tried them multiple times in high school. Like I only got through like the first one and one time I got through like the, the first two and then yeah. I was just like, no thanks. And then eventually when I kind of started getting into things that weren't just marvel and star wars and branched out into pretty much every <laughs> genre i was like you know what maybe i should give harry potter another shot so i did i watched them all this year watched them through twice this year and um i I've, i really love the series it's great yeah um i mean i grew up around harry potter my mom loves harry potter my whole family really does um but for some reason i just the last few movies i'd only seen you know a couple times i think maybe only when they were in theaters and that was it yeah I want to mention, though, that uh, the interesting thing about this franchise is that when you look to see how your ranking compares with other people, there is absolutely no pattern with the Harry Potter fans at all because everybody's ranking is totally different. And for most franchises, there's usually some form of general consensus as to which films are superior versus inferior. But with Harry Potter, it's like everything's on the table and there doesn't seem to be a ranking that could be, uh, you know, commonly agreed on. Right. And I think that has to do with the fact that the source material is probably more crucial to this series than most. Mm-hmm. And yeah. there are fans because they read the books and there's fans. Those fans have their opinions and there's just fans who love the movies like me. And then there's the critic group who have their opinions. So it's just it's all over the place. But well, you've read the you books, can, right? I've read some of the books. Yeah, I've read, I think, the first four, if I remember right. Um, but kind of like you were saying, you can come at Harry Potter from so many different perspectives. You know, yeah. maybe you read all the books and loved all of them. Maybe you haven't seen them like you until, you know, you're in your early 20s. So you come at it with a totally different perspective. Or maybe you just grew up watching the movies. Um, so there's a lot of different ways you can come at them. Uh, so I think that might be a little bit why they have so many different rankings. Yeah, that, that too, as well. I also wanted to ask you this before we get started. Uh, have you taken the Pottermore house sorting quiz? I know you, I think, I I think you have. Yeah, I have. It was a very long time ago, uh, several years ago at least, but I am a Ravenclaw. Nice. Yeah, yeah, I didn't what know what you? I was going to get. Well, the first time I took it, I had no idea what I was doing because I wasn't a Harry Potter fan. And I got Slytherin. <laughs> and then, well, there you go. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, later on, I took it again 
I still wasn't watching Harry Potter at that point yet and still got Slytherin. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to take it afterwards. And after I watched the movies and I did still got Slytherin. So, <laughs> well, there you go. So you're yeah. tried and true. I need to get like a Slytherin cloak or something. So there you go. that'd be, that'd be cool. Kind of weird and creepy, but revisit the uh, Harry Potter world at universal or something. Once things are quarantine. Okay. Is over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so let's just jump into this. So um, cool. I guess what we'll do is uh, you can do your number eight. I'll do mine and we'll go back okay. and forth all the way to our number one. So what is your number eight? My number eight is the chamber of secrets. Me too. Chamber okay. of Secrets is at the bottom for me. Yeah, I kind of figured that. Yeah, I was. I kind of thought it would be at the bottom for you as well. I just. I have the most issues with this one out of all of them. I yeah. Guess. Um. I mean, I would say when I was growing up, this one was my favorite. Actually, I'm not okay. really sure. Uh. But I do remember watching this movie on loop. You know, I think every kid has those movies that they watch over and over again. Oh yeah, for sure. This was one of them for me. And okay. Uh. So I pretty much hate it now. Um, (laughs) i mean it's a good movie but uh you know i find it really tedious really long-winded and then it has a kind of a small payoff at the end in my opinion yeah i could get behind that i mean there's a couple things i like i like the i think the production design like the costume design all that Mm -hmm. stuff is really cool just kind of like the the look of the movie yeah yeah um i think the acting is good i like the characters uh john williams score in the first three movies are brilliant all around sure and i don't, I just think all those elements combined just kind of like enhance the wizarding world i guess right right well and you have to have it to, uh really strong at the beginning for people to yeah. really buy in so yeah and i also like the addition of dobby i do like dobby really see after see, seeing this movie so many times the first 30 minutes i wish i could just cut completely <laughs> well, okay, so that's actually kind of my issue with the movie is I think it's extremely repetitive of the first one. Yeah, it is. It's like the exact same formula that they use. It doesn't really expand on the lore. It right. borrows tropes from the first movie. Right. And it just, it for the characters, it just, there's not really any development. At the end of the second movie, they're in the same place they were at the end of the first one. Yeah, so. I pretty much agree with you there. And, um, you know, I had that problem when I read the books as well. Which, I mean, I totally understand because, you know, J.K. Rowling needed to introduce new readers to the series, even if they didn't pick up the previous books. Um, Yeah. So I understand why, like, there's always that first opening, you know, at Dudley's house. And it always feels pretty much the same. Uh, But in this one, I just thought it was, you know, I just wanted to get it out of the way. Yeah, it was like 30, 40 minutes had gone by. They still hadn't gotten to Hogwarts yet. Yeah, nothing's really happened. And I was like, come on. And it's also the longest movie in the series, and from what I understand, the shortest book. So it's like they try yeah. to the cram everything from the book to the screen, and I think they kind of learned from that because I think yeah. it kind of translated that way. So Yeah, I would completely agree. This one just felt long-winded to me. Yeah, my other issue with this one was there was no primary antagonist. Like, I know Voldemort is kind of, like, right. omnipresent kind of all throughout, but, right. like, even if he's not there, you still kind of feel his presence. But for this particular story, there was no like main antagonist. So it just was, there was just no urgency because of that. And it was just so slow. Yeah. And I mean, the movie does, you know, this story, the second one does uh, introduce some really important topics like Tom Riddle. Like that's the first time Tom Riddle comes up. Um, So it does some important things, but I feel like they just tried, like you said, kind of to stretch everything into it and it's just too much. Yeah. My least favorite thing about it, though, is Moaning Myrtle. Yeah, that's... She yeah. is the worst. Right. She is terrible. She's so annoying. Yeah, well, I just can't I mean, stand that character. You know, it's kind of similar to uh, Star Wars, how everyone hates um, Jar Jar Binks. Yeah. You know, everybody hates Moaning Myrtle. Most people also hate Dobby. Uh, really? I, I pretty much don't like Dobby until the later movies. Um, but it's, it's a very similar phenomenon. I don't think I've talked to anybody who said they disliked Dobby. Really? Pretty much yeah. everybody I know really finds him annoying. Interesting. That's like the, it's the exact opposite for me. <laughs> That's weird. Huh. Well, there you go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Overall, I mean, this one just didn't really bring anything new to the table for me. Yeah. And it's just the least memorable and it's just, I feel like you could skip over it and, and you wouldn't it, really miss fine. too much. Yeah. 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 Anyway, so what's your number seven? My number seven is the Sorcerer's Stone. 
Me too. <laughs> I figured. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was wondering. I actually like this one. Though. Like, this one and up, I actually enjoy all of these movies. I completely agree. And I enjoy Chamber of Secrets. I just wish you could cut sections of it out. Yeah, um, yeah. That's kind of the way I am with it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the Sorcerer's Stone, though, I mean, this is the classic, right? It's the first one. Yeah. Um, for me, it has a lot of nostalgia. I remember when I finished watching it, I was like, man, that is that's a really fun movie, and it made me feel good. Um, yeah exactly and, you know it brought me back to my childhood which i think it probably does for a lot of people maybe not you but yeah, for not a me. lot of people it does <laughs> it would bring um, me back to this year i guess <laughs> <laughs> and uh i think that movie gives a lot of uh like i said nostalgic feelings and i think that's a good thing yeah yeah i like the again like the i think this one what it did really well was how it designed everything with like the production and the costumes yeah. and all the visuals and everything and yeah. I think it, it nailed it and really created the atmosphere. And I haven't read the books, but to me, it's like watching these movies. Like I feel like this is kind of how you would visualize everything. Oh, and, yeah, I completely agree. I mean, I think you nailed it when you said the word atmosphere. Um, mm-hmm. For some reason, the, you know, this movie and also the book uh, accompanying this movie um, really like are a place of comfort for me. And I think that's because of how well they did the atmosphere. Yeah, it just kind of introduces you to everything really well without like it doesn't need to be like a, a super fast paced story. Like it's just kind of showing you this world and you you don't really need like yeah. a main antagonist for that or anything. But right. again, that is a little criticism I have with it. There's it does lack a little bit of urgency, but sure it works well enough for this one, but not for Chamber of Secrets. Yeah. And I mean, look, at I think that corresponds with the ages of the characters as well. Everybody's really exactly. young. They're all yeah. really new to this. So the whole movie has a really soft touch compared to the other films. And I think that worked in this scenario. Yeah. Like, I think this one it was all right for this one to be more surface level. Exactly. Than the others. But dude. John Williams score in this one is just so good. <laughs> I love it. It's great. I honestly listen to the music from this movie a lot. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a reason that it gets stuck in everybody's heads. It's stuck in my head pretty much most weeks. Wow. Really. Okay. But uh, well. I don't know why. But it, it just—it's so catchy. Um, I, I don't know. I just really like the the lore of the the Harry Potter world. I guess, yeah. and I think this movie just does a, a great job. It was an amazing uh, introduction. That. Yeah, it really was. That's just kind of what this movie is. It's just an introduction. There's not really much to much else to say about it other than right. it, because of that, it can be a little slow, right. but I think it works well enough. But then again, it's like, since it is a little service level, it's just the only reason it's number seven and not higher for me because other ones agree. have more depth to them. Yeah. I mean, I feel like they almost just get more and more complicated as they go. Um, yeah. and so this movie just didn't have as much to pull from, uh, it had to teach people about the world cause this was a lot of people's first, uh, you know, first experience with Harry Potter ever. Yeah. So, you know, it had a lot of things to do and I think it accomplished those and that was it. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. Uh, so moving on, what is your number six? My number six is the prisoner of Azkaban. Wow. Yeah. Whoa. That is low. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay. I know. I know. Interesting. All right, you're going to have to elaborate there. You're going to upset a lot of people. <laughs> well, I hope I don't upset too many people, but, uh, you know, I've said this a couple times, I think, in this episode, and that's, you know, I've seen the first three movies a lot. I just have. And so, you know, the later movies, I have a lot more to, you know, get excited about because I don't remember them as much. Um, yeah. And so for this one, I, again, I've seen it a lot. I feel like the older I get, the better it gets. Because um, I feel like, you know, the more you watch this one, you can pull more from it each time. Um, and I really, really like this movie. But kind of like you said, from The Sorcerer's Stone on, they're all really, really good. And I really like all of them. Yeah. Um, so this one, I've seen a lot. And, you know, that was just kind of what put this one back for me. Um, you know, I was just treading over water that I've been through. Yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah, um, yeah. But, I mean, that that is not to say that this movie is bad in any way. I think this movie is really good. Yeah, I, I would agree. Uh, it's not my number six, though. Uh, yeah. My number six <laughs> is The Goblet of Fire. I Okay, yeah. You know, I feel like I could have guessed your whole entire list here. <laughs> really? Yeah. Interesting. Well, we'll see. We'll see if your guesses are correct. So, I, I like this one. Um, I, There's more that I like about this one than I dislike. Okay. Uh, I like that this one brought a, a darker tone to the series. It was like the mm-hmm. first like actual dark tone any of the movie had or any of these movies had. Right. It had bigger stakes and a bigger scale, and it was the first movie that really broke away from that formula that the first three have. Yes. Um, 
And there's also more action. Like I like the I like the Tri Wizard tournament. I thought all of that kind of stuff was really cool. But yeah. I also my favorite thing about this one was just that Voldemort showed up yeah. and made a big impact. And yeah. he it's was like finally. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he was a prominent villain. And it for the like the first time, uh, not for the first time because I thought there was some of this in, in Prisoner of Azkaban, but like there was like a legitimate sense of urgency in this one that hadn't really been shown uh, Absolutely. before, but and it felt like it was progressing towards something. My only issues with this one, in the middle, I feel like it could be a little bit distracted with some of the teenage melodrama. Yes, yeah. I felt like Ron was really annoying. I was like, anytime he'd open his mouth, I was like, dude, just just, just go away. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, it was like, I'm not going to talk to Harry. I was like, I know they're at that age where that's kind of right. the middle school thing to do, but still, it's like, come on. Right, right. Move on. <laughs> Get over it. <laughs> yeah, I, I totally see why you put it in this spot. Um, I won't say where it is in my list quite yet, but I, I agree with pretty much everything you're saying. For me, The Prisoner of Azkaban, uh, I think it suffers a little bit kind of like uh, The Chamber of Secrets, where the beginning feels really repetitive, and I'm not a big fan of the bus sequence, even though it is a change um, from the, you know, normal formula. I'm not a huge fan of it. Uh, and I, I see why you're putting Goblet of Fire here. Um, but I think if, after you've seen Prisoner of Azkaban, Azkaban a thousand times, you might, um, you might place it a little lower. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's fair. I, I get that. Yeah. Um, so, uh, what's your number five? My number five is Goblet of Fire. Interesting. Okay. Yep. So, you know, like I said, I agree with a lot of what you said. I think it's a really good movie, but I completely agree. The Harry-Ron feud mostly just feels annoying. I understand why they're acting that way. Uh, like you said, their age has a lot to do with it, but it mostly just feels annoying. And uh, it's kind of just a frustrating part of the movie more than an yeah. interesting part of the movie. Yeah, um, I agree. And while I really, really like the Triwizard Tournament, I feel like it was almost a sidestep from the main issue at hand um and so yeah, that's, I, I that's get why that. it's that's why it's number five for me interesting yeah i could i could agree with that the other thing i forgot i really like about um goblet of fire is that i like the character of cedric even though he's not in there in the series a lot but i do like the character in um uh, robert pattinson's character in in goblet of fire i think that's pretty cool yeah, I do too, and I really, really liked the book, uh, The Goblet of Fire. Like you said, it's the first one that gets really actually dark um, and starts to deal with some really serious topics, um, and I really like that about The Goblet of Fire. Um, it's also, you know, the first death on screen, I think. It's one of the first, like, legitimate close-up death shots. Um, yeah, it's one that really makes an impact where you're like, wow, something just, something major just yeah, happened right. it a totally student, shifted a everything has now been killed you know yeah and that, that's a big shift in tone um and so i really like that about it um uh, but ultimately you know it wasn't as good as the later movies in my opinion yeah that's fair enough so my number five is uh the deathly hollows part one okay cool um was this your part of your prediction here or, or no uh, yeah a little bit i had two options for this placement but that was one of them <laughs> okay yeah i actually so what i really like about this one i think it has the best opening sequence of any of the movies in this series yeah uh because you know you've got the part where hermione erases herself from her parents memory right um which uh i when i saw it for the first time i was like holy crap things are getting super serious Wow. All right. Yeah. And then yeah. uh, that scene at the Malfoy Manor, I love that scene. It is yeah. so dark and so gritty. Um, yeah. And Voldemort is just awesome. Um, so the other thing I really like about this movie is how different it is. It's got a completely different plot structure, and it's like this adventure story that's really unique in the in this whole series. Because I think yeah. I don't think they ever go to Hogwarts. And, no, uh, I don't believe that they do. Yeah, and there's new scenery everywhere. And I think because of that, with the new scenery, the cinematography is super cool because you got all these scenic shots because they're primarily outside. Right. A lot of the yeah. Times. The the look definitely changes for this movie. Yeah. Like you said, in comparison to the series. Yeah, and I think the uh, they use shaky cam, which yeah, is they do. you wouldn't really expect that in a Harry Potter franchise, but it's really cool. I think it's executed really well. Yeah, I would agree. I do have a couple issues with this one, but it's like the issues that I have with this movie are like it's like a mixed bag because and we like kind of conflicted with them. It's like the, it works, but then it also doesn't mm -hmm. it, because it does feel like the first half of a story 
to me. I would completely agree. And because of that, the end is a bit anticlimactic. So it's like, I feel like if they spent less time in the middle and if they, they elaborated on the end a little bit more and made that part a little bit longer, I think that would have made this feel like its own standalone, a standalone story, which I think was the intention of it. Well, I think that's the challenge, right? Because it is a part one of two. Um, And so I think that's the hard part is like, how do you make a movie that can stand by itself, but also fits into a part one and part two style, you know, duology almost. Yeah. And it makes me wonder if like, if it was just a money grab, if that was the motivation for it, or if it was an artistic choice. Right. Um, And I think it probably could have worked as one long story, but I also like the idea of splitting it up in two as well. But I just feel like if if they spent less time in the middle, more time at the end, I think that Mm -hmm. would have given part one a bigger climax for its individual story and not like a little mini climax that sets up for part two, which is like the whole thing is a climax. (laughs) So, yeah, um, true. But I mean, overall, like I think it's it's super fun and it's enjoyable. I think it could have been better in a couple of places. Uh, to make it a better standalone story, but I do like it because it is really different and yeah. it's interesting. It's kind of this adventure story, so I do have a lot of fun with it. Um, but yeah, but yeah, I mean, that's just I have a little bit of issues with it, and it's kind of like a it's like I'm a little bit conflicted with it. So mm-hmm. I don't know, but overall, I I enjoy it. So uh, what, what's your number four? My number four is the Deathly Hallows Part One. So interesting. Basically, okay. going right off that um, once again. Yeah, I would uh, pretty much completely agree with everything you just said, um, except for a few spots where, you know, you kind of talked about how it feels like it's more of an adventure movie. And while it definitely does feel like that, I feel like that's also a weakness of the movie, though, as well. Interesting. Um, A lot of the movie is just them traveling from place to place, setting up camp at this place or the next or whatever, you know, doing their different defensive charms on a campsite. Um, and not a whole lot goes on throughout the middle of the movie. I mean, there are plot points, there are things that happen, but like I said, a lot of that time is spent, hey, we're going to go here now. Hey, we're going to go here now. Let's set up camp here. And that got a little bit tedious for me. Um, And also, like you talked about, it does feel like a part one, and the ending is a little anticlimactic. Um, I think I agree with them splitting it into two parts, Uh, Just based on how quickly things happen in the last two movies, there's a lot going on um, and there's a lot of information to get across in a very short amount of time in comparison. Um, And so I understand why they split it into two, but that definitely makes this one suffer a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I could I could see what you're saying there. Yeah. So uh, my number four is the Half-Blood Prince. Okay, cool. My favorite thing about this movie is the cinematography. I think this actually has the best cinematography in the series. Because yes. it has this, uh, this dark and bleak color correction, yeah, and it's, it gave it's very it this, raw. yeah, and it gave it just this really depressing atmosphere. But yeah. I think it works so well for the story, yeah. And I don't know, just the just the overall look of the movie is just super captivating to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I also love how certain characters are developed, like Snape. His character is developed really interesting, or really interestingly, and then uh, same for Dumbledore and. Uh, even Voldemort, but it's, you know, Tom Riddle and the flashbacks. Right. Um, there's, you know, there is the teenage drama in this movie, but for the most part, I'll get into a little criticism later, but I think for the most part, it actually works a lot better than Goblet. Like, mm-hmm. there's that scene where uh, Ron, you know, he won something in Quidditch, whatever, and they're celebrating, and there was a girl that's interested in him, and they kissed, and then Hermione gets really upset, and then Harry goes to comfort her and you see how upset she was. I feel like I felt like that was executed really well and it didn't feel like it was just cheesy melodrama like it was in yeah. Goblet of Fire. It I think they did a good job of making it feel legitimate in this yeah. movie as opposed to just like childish kind of just childish and stupid. Yeah. And I also really like this isn't John Williams score, but it was Nicholas Hooper and I I thought the, the the music in this movie was really good, especially during that particular scene. It's really good. Yeah. Um also just the last twenty minutes of this movie are incredible one of like the best moments of the whole series i think with absolutely obviously spoiler alert dumbledore's death yeah yeah no that's shot that whole sequence right there is shot really well oh yeah i mean it's everything's like you know super dramatic but not to where it's like overly dramatic where it's you know over the top it's like it's perfect Mm -hmm. um my issue with this one is harry and jenny okay because 
yeah, I mean, it's Harry, so you would think his love interest would have to be important, but I feel like it came out of nowhere, and I was like, and maybe really? that maybe that comes from me just not having read the books. I don't know. Maybe there's some, maybe there's more information in the books, but I feel like it came out of nowhere and didn't really make a lot of sense to me. And I was just like, yeah, I mean, I like the idea, but they, I mean, their their chemistry wasn't there. wasn't nearly anything like Ron and uh, Hermione, right? And it's like they just kind of touched at it. And then left it alone, and then there was nothing going on in the seventh one, obviously, because it was like, like we talked about, it's like their own little adventure. And then right. Deadly Hollows Part Two, it was like, uh, we'll hint at it again and just kind of wrap it up really quickly. And I, I don't know, I just, I understand where you're coming. It from was with just kind of me. Um, I think you know, maybe I'm a little bit biased here since I watched them when I was a lot younger, so I knew, you know, going into this rewatch that right. Harry and Jenny get together. Um, so maybe I was expecting a little bit more, and so maybe I didn't notice if it uh, was a little bit blunt or unexpected um, in the movies. Um, but I, I understand that complaint, and I think that's valid. Yeah. And also, so like I said, I went through these movies twice this year. Right. And um, I remember really liking this one, so I rewatched them again because my parents wanted to watch them. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I really think Half-Blood Prince might go up in my ranking. However, okay. my ranking never changed. I forgot how slow this one was, and it's not a bad thing that it's slow, but I forgot how slow it was up until that last 20 minutes because yeah. the last 20 minutes is so memorable. So when you go to rewatch it, it was like, oh, I forgot about all this. Yeah, the, you know? the Half-Blood Prince definitely can feel long. Yeah, and it doesn't bother me necessarily. I just kind no. of forgot about that, you know. Luckily, That's not you really... know, like you said, the cinematography has done so well that, you know, it's it's an enjoyable movie even when it does feel a little bit slow. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, overall, I, I do, I do really enjoy this one. Obviously, it's it's on the top portion of my list, the top half here. Um, yeah, yeah. So, what's your number three? Well, my number three is the Half Blood Prince. Interesting. So we're just gonna keep doing this again. Yeah, I know that won't happen next time. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, like you said, you know, there's a lot going for this movie. Uh, the cinematography is really well done. Um, it has a really clear atmosphere. I think they knew what they were trying to do with it. Um, and I think they kind of hit the nail on the head. It definitely does feel dark, gritty, raw, and depressing, but it also doesn't make it unenjoyable to watch. It's not like one of those movies that's just like so depressing that you just don't want to turn it on ever again. Yeah. Uh, there's still a lot of Harry Potter charm. Um, and, you know, I think that's really important. Um, I do have issues with this movie. Um, ultimately, it's high on my list. It's number three, like I said. Um, but I do have problems with it and that's mostly because it feels like a transitional movie to me. Um, it feels like one of those movies that is starting a lot of different things. It's asking a lot of questions, um, but it doesn't resolve them until later in the series. Um, maybe not until the last movie in some cases, uh, especially since this movie so much focuses or focuses so much, sorry, on Snape, uh, Snape, you know, a lot of his character is not resolved until the last movie. And so I think that makes this one suffer a little bit. I think it's starting a lot of different things. And like I said, asking a lot of questions that are getting into some really interesting places. But unfortunately, it doesn't answer those questions by the end of this one. So that's ultimately what held it back from like the top two spots for me. That's the, I think that's what I actually really like about it. Because my personal favorite character in the whole series is Snape. Yeah. And um, I really liked how they developed his character and me knowing absolutely nothing about any of these movies when I watched them all through the first time and right. kind of determining which characters I liked and which ones I didn't. And so seeing that this one was about a lot, of, a lot of it was about Snape right? and uh, you get to see certain things unfold and you're like, Oh yeah, he was suspicious the whole time. I see where <laughs> they're going with this. And then that's why I like this movie so much is because that, I think it makes the re- that reveal later on pay off really well. Yeah, so. and I think I agree with that. It's just that if you analyze this movie, like, you know, in terms of a ranking, um, where you kind of look at each one on its own, yeah, you know, without their connection to the next one or, what, or whatever, um, I think this one suffers a little bit because it just, it has so much unknown. Yeah. I feel like the their questions were answered, though, because it was like, I was like, oh, yeah, he's a bad guy now. I was like, I knew it. This right. is awesome. <laughs> and I was like, I wasn't questioning anything. I was just like, oh, yeah that okay i got my answers that that was just kind of the way i was i mean i, I guess i can kind of see what you're what you're talking about but i that's just that was kind of my general thought process when i when i watched it the first time second time you. though i was like oh yeah i see what you guys did there 
Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so I think I might have come into it with that, like, you know, Snape's a good guy. Snape's a good guy <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah. And then it just kind of leaves you hanging. And it's like... I was kind of hoping for, like, you know, maybe he was on not, not a good guy or something. I don't know. Right. I, I kind of root for bad guys in movies. He's kind of one of those characters, you know, he a little bit reminds me of... Maybe like Loki from the Marvel Cinematic Universe, or oh yeah, that's a good comparison. Um, or Mystique, um, he reminds me a little bit of Mystique as well, where it's like most of the time he's a bad guy, or like you definitely think he's a bad guy, but then every once in a while they'll have that moment of you know, yeah, like a good moral compass. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. What about you? What's your number three? My number three is uh, the Prisoner of Azkaban. Okay. Um, did you think it'd be this high or no? Yeah, I mean, I kind of figured I, that's a really popular one, um, and I, I I can totally see why since you yeah. only recently watched them for the first time. Yeah, I mean, I know, I know, like I said, Goblet of Fire is the one that really takes it to a darker tone. I think this one it became less childish, a little bit more serious, not quite as dark. It's sort of hinting at some darkness, right? Uh, it just wasn't super dark yet, but I think that worked for the story and for the age of the main characters. Yeah, um, and I, what I really liked about this one is that it it, it expanded on the lore. And I was very satisfied with how they did it, and they brought in, yeah, they brought in new characters like Sirius and Lupin, and then the Dementors were involved, and I thought they, I thought the Dementors were super interesting. Uh, You get to learn more about Harry just kind of through the the existence of Sirius Black. Mm -hmm. Um, I also love the whole time travel thing there at the end because I mean I'm a big sci-fi fan, and I don't know, I know the uh, Harry Potter movies aren't aren't sci-fi; it's just right, yeah, fantasy. But I thought it was cool how they incorporated time travel with magic. Yeah, I I think the explanation at the end of the movie with Hermione and Harry kind of you know retracing their steps, going back in time, and changing things. Uh, that is like that is such a good payoff at the end of the movie. Oh yeah, that's really cool. I also love that scene in that shack. Mm-hmm. Where um, the whole reveal about what's actually going on with Sirius and Lupin and all of that was—I right. just thought that was super cool. Um, like you know, we talked about this earlier. It does share that formula of the first two. It does, but it—I think it has a faster pace and it kind of puts its own spin on things, which I liked. So it made it a little bit more palatable. Okay, uh, I just kind of would have liked it to differentiate itself from the formula a little bit more. That's the only reason it's not really any higher. Yeah, well, and that's pretty similar to what I said about it as well. Why it was so low on mine. Yeah, it it does have that formula. I just, but I I feel like it kind of puts its own spin onto it, and I like the story. I like the lore of it, and mm-hmm. uh, that's kind of why it's it made it so high on my list. Is just kind of, kind of the story, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so what's your number two? My number two is the Order of the Phoenix. Same here. Okay, cool. All right, I figured we we might match up at some point again. Yeah, so we've got the same number two and the same number one. So right. Right. So what do you like about this one? So the Order of the Phoenix um, accents on a lot of things that, you know, the Goblet of Fire does really well. Um, It starts to, you know, the Goblet of Fire introduces that really dark tone. um, And then the Order of the Phoenix kind of just drives it home. Uh, You start getting into some really tough topics, um, especially through, you know, the new characters that come to Hogwarts. Oh, Uh, yeah. (laughs) Um. I don't know. I just feel like this one had a really, really fleshed out plot. I feel like it was uh, it was a change up for the series, um, and I think it stands out. I feel like this is one of the movies that I'll remember for a very long time. Um, it's not forgettable in any in any way. I don't think, and but it also retained some of the Harry Potter charm that the series is most known for. Um, I feel like it does a really good job balancing. Uh, dark themes and difficult topics but also keeping you know what made the first movie so great yeah i I would agree with that i definitely see what you're saying there one of the things i've noticed about just kind of like the overall consensus with this movie Mm -hmm. seems that the people who've read i know you haven't read the last three books you said yeah Um, i believe that's correct yeah the people that have read through all the books i think have a lot of problems with this one because supposedly Mm. Uh, it's fairly different from the book, and there's a lot left out. Well, I think it's one know, of the shortest is, movies, but the longest book. It is the longest book. Um, it is the longest book. And, you know, I think that does bleed into the movie a little bit. You know, it has to move kind of quickly. It also is trying to cram a lot into it. There's a lot different about this one, about yeah. this story specifically. Even though they are still at Hogwarts, uh, there's a lot of changes. 
Yeah. Um, and so I think that's probably partially why the book is the longest one. Um, and so I can totally see why people who have read them might not enjoy this film as much. Uh, but, I, you know, it's really high on my list. I think they do a lot of things really well. So. Yeah. Yeah, I honestly don't care what was left out of the book. I think the movie was awesome. <laughs> so <laughs> that's, yeah. that's just kind of where I where I fall here. Um, but I do really like just the concept of the Order of the Phoenix itself, not the movie, like the group, like the right. little secret society they got going on because it's like <laughs> consisted of all of the best characters. It's yeah. got uh, Sirius Black. It's all the cool um, people. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's <a> cool kid club. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's it's just super cool. It's got all the awesome characters. Um, I also kind of like, they kind of hinted at, you know, like the, with the corruption going on within the Ministry of Magic. So it kind of had like this little political undertone thing. I kind of like yeah. when big franchises do something like that. Like Captain America Winter Soldier was one of those that did that. Right. And well, and I always appreciate it. And those themes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't feel forced in this movie. It feels really natural, which I think is kind of hard to do. Um, I, especially today. Like if this movie was made right now, I think it would be really hard not to make the political undertones feel really, uh, unnatural uh, but they did a really good job kind of just fitting it in seamlessly yeah yeah i'd agree with that yeah it makes a lot of sense um honestly though like so i feel like some people because we, when you have a character that you hate mm-hmm. or and, and the movie makes you hate the character so much oh I think, my god i feel like a lot of people are gonna go i just i just didn't like the movie i'm the total opposite of a character or if a movie makes me hate a character so much i love the movie and yeah. i hate dolores Sunbridge, dude I, I mean i think you're in the majority there um, yeah I think it's kind of weird if you don't hate her. <laughs> um, and, you know, kind of speaking on that, my brother is one of those people who, like, he hates this movie. He thinks it's the worst one. Because of Dolores Umbridge? Absolutely. Wow. And, you know, we kind of watched it. You know, he kind of watched parts of it with me as I was doing my rewatch for this episode. And even when she crops up in the later movies, he's like, well, they had to ruin the movie with her. <laughs> you know, she's I just, in the movie, so dude, it's terrible. she is just the absolute pits. She is terrible, and I don't know. It's like she's so manipulative and hypocritical, and she's just this authoritarian villain. She's also just like straight up a child abuser. Yeah, exactly. She literally just abuses children. The thing that's crazy, (laughs) though, is like she's super authoritarian, and she wants all of this order, but she sucks at accomplishing her goals because she doesn't understand people. On yeah. like a on a human level, she thinks they're all these little puppets, right? But I, I don't know. It just makes her extremely incompetent, and well, she just, little she giggle, sucks at her job. Her little giggle, yeah, it's the worst. Oh my lord! <laughs> it just it 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 frustrates me to my core. <laughs> yeah, I think everybody, whenever she giggles, you feel it in your bones. Yeah, and then at times, dude, she gets super hypocritical. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, she's a villain, and you yeah. Know, and it just part of that <laughs> just makes it even worse. And like you said, that that stupid giggle and that stupid smirk just ugh, yeah. it's terrible. Um, yeah. But I do like the character. I like how much they made me hate her. I've, I don't think I've hated a character as much like hated the character as in like what their position of the plots and not like the character right. itself, not like moaning Myrtle. Right. Um, right. <laughs> you, I, like, you have good reason to hate this character right. other than that she's annoying. And they just executed that so well, and her performance was great. Um, one of the things, I, I haven't really seen this talked about all that much about this movie. One of the things I really like about it is the development of Harry, because he becomes, mm-hmm. like, super angsty in this <laughs> movie. <laughs> yeah, he, he really does. really blunt, sarcastic, and direct, and he just develops all these leadership skills because, like, it just, like the situation just kind of called for it, and he kind of became this natural leader, and I thought that was really cool. And yeah. I haven't seen that talked about all that much. Well, and the movie also kind of going off that with his leadership skills, it has a lot of camaraderie, you know, because oh, yeah. everyone is feeling the wrath of Dolores and everybody hates it. And, you the know, wrath of Dolores. <laughs> the wrath of Dolores. <laughs> um, and so and everybody hates it and everybody hates her. And, you know, Harry's able to, with the help of, you know, Ron and Hermione, as always, is able to kind of rally the group. Um, yeah. And that makes it makes you feel good when you're watching it. Yeah, and I really love the end, too, kind of what you're talking about there. You know, they, they all kind of go into that, um, the Department of Industries where the Death Eaters show up, and they've got on those creepy masks. Yeah. I don't know what it was about that scene, but all of a sudden, I was like, they took an, an even darker turn there. I was like, holy crap, this is just getting super intense. And Are then you talking there's about that... the scene where, spoilers, you know, Sirius dies? 
right before that, right before mm-hmm. they, right before Sirius and all of them show up, where the kids are there, right, and they're like, they're, you know, they're going on this hunt kind of, and the Death Eater show up and kind of chasing right. around that that place. I thought that scene was really cool. But then what you were just talking about, where where Sirius Black and uh, the Order of the Phoenix itself shows up, that that scene is awesome, especially when. Dumbledore gets there and Dumbledore fights Voldemort. Yeah, that's and a then great fight. I dude, that's one of my favorite parts of the whole franchise. And that part where Voldemort like sticks his tongue out and the fire's going everywhere. Mm-hmm. That is awesome. I was like, yeah, I was like, I'm pulling for Voldemort throughout the rest of this. I hope he wins. <laughs> that is so cool. Yeah, that is a really really cool action scene. I also love Helena Bonham Carter as Bellatrix. Oh, I mean, who doesn't? She plays a lot of characters like that, but this one was she just does. like one of her best. I think she's a great actress. I love that. She's kind of typecasted, but kind of, I love yeah, definitely those. Definitely a bit, but I mean, it so works in this scenario. She's just so good at it, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. great. She's good at playing just these crazy characters, and she just, I don't know, she kind of has that look. It yeah, just, she's definitely a nut. Yeah. I don't know. I like her as an actress. I think she's great. Yeah, and I um, think Bellatrix is a really cool character, and I think, like, no one could play her better. Oh, I would agree. You know that part in the beginning of uh, Half-Blood Prince where you kind of hear her voice in the background? She's not really there, but it's like, I killed Sirius Black. Yeah, I do. I, do, I know what you're Dude, talking that, about. That is so haunting. I, not the way I the way I did it. It sounded like crap, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be haunted by you saying that you killed Sirius oh, Black. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> but in the, in, in the beginning of Half-Blood Prince, like, it was... Uh, super like haunting sounding. It was just super cool. It's a nice yeah. little touch there. But uh, absolutely. I, anyway, Order of the Phoenix. I I love this one. This one's awesome. It's yeah, my number two. So anyway, both of our number one here obviously is the Deathly Hollows Part Two. I don't know how this can't be somebody's number one. Be completely <laughs> honest. It's just so good. It's such a great finale. Yeah, it's really good. Kind of like you said a few minutes ago. You know, the whole thing feels like a climax. It does. Um, I love that. It, but it's awesome. Yet it doesn't get old for some reason. You know, yeah. it's it's like one big finale for an hour and a half and it totally works. Yeah, I mean it's the stakes are super high in this one, but it feels yeah. so deserved. It does. You know, because they've built it up throughout this entire time. It like it just has this epic feel and everything just feels real. Yeah. And uh the, the story in this one is awesome. Like every character gets a great moment. Yep, I would uh, agree. Like even, um, uh, man, what's his name? Neville Longbottom. Yes, yes, yeah. Neville. I, don't, I, <laughs> I, I knew his name. Like, I was thinking of it earlier and then drew a blank. Yeah, dude, when he chops the head off of Nagina, oh my gosh. It's super cool. I mean, it was like, out of all shot. people, Neville got to do it. That was sick. Yeah, right. Um, I like, dude, honestly, my favorite part of this movie is Snape's development. Like I said, he's my favorite character. I think he has yeah. one of the greatest character arcs of all time. That reveal, that whole, like, what is that? A probably ten minute sequence there. If that, I mean, I don't know how long that uh, that like memory is. Um, yeah, but they do a, such a good job of giving you so much information, but also it doesn't feel like you're just being crammed with information. Yeah. It feels like you're being given all the answers that you've been asking for. Yeah, and he, I mean, just the way it all unfolds, dude, it is just beautifully crafted, <laughs> and it is. It's just incredible, and yeah. Uh, well, and also Snape's death scene is yeah. like it's it's so horrendous, yet like it oddly feels so good because it's so well done. Yeah, you know, it like makes you cry or whatever. I didn't cry. People. I don't. I, I don't cry either. But it, it's one of those scenes that's likely to make you cry. You know, but it's yeah, like, it's like a good that. cry. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. I mean, like I. I've only cried in like one or two movies in my life. One of them, I was eight years old and it was Marley and me. I've talked about that before. <laughs> the other one was Avengers Endgame in the theaters. Even the third time I saw it, I still cried when Captain America said Avengers Assemble, but we don't have to talk about that. <laughs> that's a different, that's a different podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've, I've talked about that plenty of times. But anyway, I mean, I, di- I didn't cry in this, but I, I, I see what you're talking about. It's, it's just, it's, it unfolds so well. Yeah. And it caught me off guard because I was like, I'm pretty, I know, I know Snape is a bad guy. Right. And then it was, I was like, but that's so cool. Cause he was like, I think that's why I like, it's probably why I tested Slytherin. It's why I kind of get this. It's, he's this guy who, uh, he kind of understands, like, he's like, you got to understand a little bit of the dark side mm-hmm. to kind of, he's like to break a little bit of the rules to where it's like, some people may not be willing to go that far to be like, <laughs> to have something done that is acceptable where it's like, Oh, right. I see. And it's like, he had these like kind of motivations that he kept really private. 
Yeah, he's definitely a, a solitary man. But he's so he's basically like this double agent guy, and I feel yeah. like you kind of have to be willing to break a l- couple rules to be a double oh, sure. agent. Sure, yeah. I mean, absolutely. I mean, he kills Dumbledore. I mean, yeah, exactly. Down, Dumbledore kill, was like kills Dumbledore. <laughs> yeah, Dumbledore was like you, you saw all that revealed too. It's like holy crap, this is insane. Yeah. But I was like, I, I get it. I was like, if I were in Snape's position, I would have done the same thing. Then <laughs> that is exactly why I tested Slytherin. <laughs> Aren't you so heroic, McNeil? I'm just, I'm just saying. That's, that's, I would have done the same thing. I, I understand the mindset. It's like Batman. I understand Batman really well. Right. Um, Batman would be Slytherin. That is for sure. Batman would be Slytherin. Dude, that is a movie we need. Batman in the Slytherin house. I'm not sure that anyone <laughs> just needs that. <laughs> but he would, he would be in Slytherin if, anyway. Hypothetically. If anything, it'd be at, at minimum Ravenclaw. But <laughs> totally, he'd totally be in Slytherin. Anyway. Um, yeah, to anyway. Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, the other thing I really like about it is uh, Voldemort. And yeah. if you want to talk about Slytherin. Um, his sure. <laughs> screen, his, he has so much screen time in this movie, and it's just awesome. And yeah. He does, have a, he does have a lot of screen time. And he's one of those villains, you know, there's a lot of movies where the more you show the bad guy, the less, you know, it feels like it matters. Um, that's it's that way with horror movies a lot. You know, if you show the ghost, if you show the monster, whatever, too much, you're gonna lose the impact of the movie. That's not how this is at all. They show Voldemort a lot, and yeah. it only makes it better. Yeah, and I think it's probably because you know you felt his presence throughout each movie, even if he wasn't there. So the mm-hmm. fact that he was there for like pretty much the majority of the eighth movie, I felt like that was deserved and yeah. that was appropriate and it made sense. Yeah. Um, I I was just like. Let's go Voldemort. Let's, yeah, come on. Yeah. But then, you know, obviously at the end, I was like, I mean, you know, we, we got to kill him off. <laughs> well, and I love how, um, I love how even Voldemort's, you know, people, his army or whatever, you know, a lot of them deceive him. Not deceive him necessarily, but a lot of them kind of back out when stuff like hits Snape. the fan. Uh, yeah, like Snape is a double agent the whole time. Um, it's, uh, you know, Draco Malfoy's mother uh, also betrays Voldemort. Um, towards the end of the movie yeah. and that happens a lot and then as soon as people find out that harry's still alive a lot of his followers just leave they just run away yeah um, yeah and harry's arc harry's arc was great because you know obviously he was supposed to die right um but everything you know kind of came together and he you know harry saved hogwarts and yeah he had a super satisfying arc um, yeah it was i don't know it was super cool i also really like that ron and hermione finally got together did you think it was going to be ron and hermione or harry and hermione i mean i knew it was ron and hermione um because i knew that harry and jenny get together at the end yeah um but like i meant like kind of like the first time you you went through i mean you know that's that's definitely a question right but i i'm glad that it was um i'm glad that it was ron not harry yeah yeah i mean when i from the first movie when i first watched it i always assumed it was going to be ron and hermione Mm mm-hmm um, I never really thought, I never thought it would be Harry and Hermione. Yeah. Uh, I actually, I actually, I did an episode, uh, called, uh, movie franchise finale showdown where I talk about all of the, just the finale of this movie and four others, but I talked about it and I, I realized going back and listening to it, I accidentally said, I always thought it'd be Harry and Ron. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, and I mean, was, if you I want to saying, start some fan fiction, go for I, it. <laughs> I was saying all these names and I was, what I was trying to say was, uh, Hermione and, um, Hermione and Ron and then right. I was just, I was talking super fast over his name I was like I always thought it'd be Harry and Ron um no I, I never thought that um I I don't know I I, I like the character arc or the arc of the relationship of Hermione and Ron I, I like yeah, their I think relationship that's really well done um and it's like you know I feel like a lot of this movie is almost bordering on fan service because it just the whole movie feels so deserved like you said um and there's also a lot of little moments that are really nice uh for example, like McGonagall's fight with Snape, that moment is so cool. Um, and it's like, finally you get to see McGonagall kind of pop off. Um, yeah. And that's really nice too. So a lot of it is like, it, it really feels deserved. Like you said. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's just kind of like overall, my thought on this movie is that it is an extremely satisfying conclusion to yeah, absolutely the Harry Potter series, the eight movies, at least obviously we're not talking about fantastic beasts. Right. Um, but the it's main line. Yeah, I mean, it's just, I'm a sucker for conclusions 
for finales. Yeah. And I just think this is one of the better ones out there for sure. I completely agree. I mean, you know, I think they could have very easily made it feel like too much, but I, I don't think they did. I think it feels just right. I think they built everything up super well, and I think this one was executed almost perfectly. I mean, obviously, it is the second half of a story. Sure. Um, I think I do think Deadly Hollows could have just been one long three-hour movie, maybe right. three, three and a half hours. I think that would have been uh, would have been necessary or not uh, like appropriate. I think it would have. Okay. I think it would have worked. That's fair. But I do like the idea of splitting it up in two because there are separate parts and. Yeah, I think it still are. works. I just kind of like overall that this does feel like just one giant last hoorah. Yeah, it really you does. Know? <laughs> I mean, so. I mean, that sounds a little silly, but you're exactly right. <laughs> yeah, I didn't really know how else to put it. Other, I'm trying to come up with a different word there, and I was like, hoorah. So yeah, that fits perfect. <laughs> um, but anyway, this was super interesting. I, I didn't know if our list would line up as, yeah. as much as they did. Yeah, I was kind of surprised. Yeah, I was kind of expecting a little bit more differences, but they aligned overall yeah. pretty similarly except prisoner of azkaban right that was really the only standout uh yeah difference it was kind of like we just had a couple reversed basically yeah, right. or whatever but uh but yeah right. this was super fun i had a lot of fun doing this ranking here um yeah that was great uh tucker where can people find you on social media um i'm on instagram twitter facebook my handles typically just tucker wolf uh you know nothing special well i'll be sure to link your information in the description of this episode uh, I've actually written full reviews for each Harry Potter movie on Letterboxd. So I'll link each of those in the description as well for you guys if you want to check those out. Uh, but Tucker, thanks again for joining me on this episode today. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, no, thank you so much for having me. It's always fun to uh, come on and talk about you know different series and things. I feel like I'm always on for a series. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, you, there was a few series you're a big fan of. You like Star Wars, like Harry Potter, yeah. you like Indiana Jones, which we haven't done yet. That's true. Um, but there's true. a fifth one coming out, so maybe we'll save it for then. That would be awesome. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's always a great time. Yeah, man, for sure. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, be sure to tune in for more episodes in the series. And don't forget to follow or subscribe to the McNeil and Friends podcast on the platform you listen to podcasts so you can be notified when new episodes are released. If you made it to the end of this episode, congratulations and Merry Christmas. And once again, thank you for listening.